Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. Well, that means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. I got so many theories and suspicions. I'm diagnosed with real nigga conditions. Today is the day I follow my intuition. Last family I think two weeks ago we discussed cars. Um, in part because Max was in the uh, in the market for a car, and um, we mm-hmm. we have an update since that. Have, have you been updated on these matters? No. Yeah. Well, uh, tell me more. Uh, Max, do you want to do you want to do an update on that? N- no. <laughs> this is not a good sign if you don't want to update the internet's on on the matter, and Sean for that matter. I mean, the only update there could be is you bought a car. That's right. Excuse me. Hey. Yeah, I bought a car. Yeah, uh, he bought Woo-hoo. actually. A, it was a King Ranch uh, Ford um, excursion, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, but what's in the back of it? Because you can you can fit the car that you actually purchased <laughs> in the back of it. <laughs> Probably right. It's a toy. Yeah. Well, how's it? How is it driving? Uh, so far, so good. Yeah, it drives. Is it, is it grippy? Grippy. Do you feel the road? Ah, uh, yeah. yeah so how, much road. How are those potholes? Exact same yeah. change. <laughs> Notice now Too the roads around good. here are not great. So yeah, so he he purchased the car. Um, I've actually been in it and lived to tell the tale. Um, it's you know it's congratulations to you. It's probably well, to both of you really. <laughs> yeah. It's probably the smallest car I've been in, and I've been in, well. I think I've been in the back of a mini before when I went to, or maybe I wasn't when I went to Hamburg from Berlin, and I was also in a Fiat. A Fiat feels much larger inside, <laughs> like significantly so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, what I think the best feature about the car, though, is when you honk the horn, it actually says, "I'm sorry, that was totally my bad." <laughs> which, fit, which fits the overall demeanor of the car. But I have a I have a different problem with my horn. Because it's an Accord, and you just don't know what car it's coming from. Because it could be the Camry, it could be the Kia, it could be the Hyundai. So I, I really like the, uh, you know, the idiosyncratic nature of of the Mini. I think it was a it was a good buy. Good buy. Cheers, cheers to Max's car. Um. So yeah, that's 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 something that's you know hip and, and grippy and, and quick and. Uh, there's there's no better way to transition to uh, what, what are we discussing this week, uh, Sean? I don't know if that was uh, sarcasm regarding there being no better way to transition to a conversation about the news, but we're talking about the news. Dun, 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 dun. That's <laughs> what? Oh, that's uh, for WTOP when they do CBS at the top of the hour. You know, that's radio C- for you folks. I... Oh, and sometimes I listen to the news on the radio in the car. Uh, really? I, I do, too, I suppose, yeah. from time to time, but I also don't... Uh... I don't live in the uh, I don't live in the footprint for WTOP. Yeah. Well, I, but I, I think today we're not really talking so much about local news. But um, I, you know, I'm a subscriber to a number of magazines, as are you, Sean. And I think we also uh, we will get our news from quote unquote online magazines. But mm-hmm. Max, right before the show, you were. 
scrolling through your news, were you not? I was making a mockery of it, but yeah, I, I suppose yeah. I was. Which which feature are you using on your phone to get a lot of your news? Uh, I was checking app, the Apple News app. Yeah. How long has that been around? Is well, it... I, I'm the wrong person to ask how long well, apps I've, have been around. I feel like it was like kind of a thing where they were like, we now have this Apple News feature. And yeah, I think... Uh, I'll deputize the intern, but I believe it was introduced with iOS 9? Yep, iOS 9. Yeah. So, I think that that is a very... I think it's a very different style of getting your news as opposed to um, what I've called slow news for, like, mm-hmm. the magazines and stuff and um, things like that. And I, I think we should explore that today. That's something that we've been discussing this week. No... No, Max? Well, you didn't want to explore your car, so you're left with this. Well, there's not so much to explore. (laughs) This is factually correct. Um, So, I I mean, I I don't know about the two of you. I I think there there were two things that we we kind of talked about. Um, When we first discussed this, I thought of it as slow news. Like, I don't subscribe to this, but The Economist comes once a week. I get certain aspects of news reporting from the New Yorker. Those are once-a-week things. Some magazines mm-hmm. come even more infrequently. That f- that feed from Apple News is updated constantly. And I really think of this feed style, and feed is such a beautiful metaphor in some ways, um, versus this this slow, like almost like a snake, like I'm waiting for that big-ass meal, and then I'm just going to like gorge on it, and then, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, so do you have a, a, a particular way that you want to frame this? Well, um, I'm willing to... We, we've talked about this, you know, to, to peel back the curtain. Uh, we've talked about this before, and it, it was a very long conversation that got pretty, I, I mean, I would say kind of heated yeah. at, at cer- certain points. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm happy to, to defer to, to how you want to approach this conversation. So I think that... And I think the thing that we got heated about, and maybe we know how to uh, maybe rein that in or talk about the, the parts, you know, in a productive sense of the things that do get us heated. Um, you know, when when I get that New Yorker, it'll, you know, there'll be the title of the article and I kind of know what it's about. Mm-hmm. A lot of, one thing I noticed with the feed style news they want you to... Uh, Max, you said it yourself. How often do you actually read those articles? From the Apple News? Yeah. Maybe one in 20. What makes you read it, if you read it? Uh, if it's something that sounds interesting? Yeah. So, I think one way that we kind of got to talking about this, and when you guys had some, I think, really good points back at me, is I kind of framed it as slow news versus clickbait. And I think I had a very different definition of clickbait, or slightly different than what you two had. I mean, Sean, what was... I feel like you came up with a pretty quick definition, did you not? Well, I, I posted the... Um, I, I posted the Wikipedia <laughs> definition of clickbait. Yeah. But the idea of, of what it is, is that it's something... It's something that's meant to encourage you to to click on something mm-hmm. or or to share 
share something based on a headline yeah. more than it is on getting you to necessarily read what's inside. Um, they they talk about the uh, the curiosity gap. Mm-hmm. They give you just enough, you know, just enough of a taste to to pique your interest, but in order to get, you know, if you were interested in getting the full breadth of the content, you would have to click through. Um, and it's kind of uh, we can probably table this until a little later in the discussion, but it's meant to be kind of a a, a distant relative of yellow journalism. Yeah. Very sort of sensationalized, but without, um, you know, little or no legitimate, well-researched news. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead focusing on eye-catching headlines that include exaggerations of news events, scandal-mongering, or sensationalism. Yeah, so I think that where I see, and, you know, I think this is the direction we, we will go in, but the way you've described it kind of indicates that there is some level of untruth in that headline. Someone is being led astray purposefully. And I think that this is where... I may seed the floor and say what I'm thinking of isn't clickbait, but I also just think of the model, you know, and you described it yourself, Max, and I mean, I know I occasionally I'll get it to even the sources that I go to and I think are a little more because we all do. I think my echo chamber is more highbrow than your echo chamber, um, but the, you, you might be engaged more by something that is true. It's just how do you put those words together in a way that's shocking, like sources, blah, 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 blah. Um, or, or something or something like that. Uh, I mean, one of our favorite quote unquote news sources is is Deadspin, and they write excellent headlines. And I think that there is a difference between an excellent between headline. writing good headlines and clickbait. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. And and I still think I think of maybe it's I'm being too uh, kind of optimistic in what I describe as clickbait. I think of. You know, you can have a really well-written headline that is truthful, and it can be clickbait. But I think that something that you've touched on before, Sean, is is kind of when that those untruths start to not be reporting or, or journalism, and there's something, uh, would you say, like opinionated in the way that the headlines are written? Yeah. So, so Deadspin, I, I think Deadspin is maybe not the best example for me, at least, because I know that I don't go to that thinking that Deadspin is like the most authoritative news outlet and I know that I'm getting uh, you know I'm there probably as much for the snark and sarcasm as anything else which they but they run on if absolutely. they oh absolutely they do um for me the way I uh, sort of the biggest issue that I see here mm-hmm. is that in fast media um uh, particularly Particularly, um, your twenty-four hour cable news yeah. networks. Uh, there's this really, really dangerous blurring of the lines between what is news and reporting, and what is editorial opinion. Um, you know, sort of entertainment focused content. Yeah, and I think that. Um, you know, it, it, it's easy, you know, I vote Democrat. It's easy to beat up Fox News for this, but 
you know, it, it's not just Fox News. It's the sort of broader um, 24-hour yeah. news media industry is is guilty of, I mean, I would say of very deliberately blurring those lines almost to the point where they don't exist anymore. And, you know, not to put too pun- uh, fine a point on it, but I think it's a huge fucking problem. So because yeah. they're taking advantage of people. So I, yeah, I don't like. I'm not. I'm certainly not here to like. Well, there are certain things I'm not here to chastise. Uh, more just trying to be observational, and I think that you know to to you know what you describe there. It, pick your network: MSNBC, Fox News, uh, CNN. Those 24-hour news networks. Mm-hmm. I. I observe this and I see that, yeah, there, the ramifications, you know, you've kind of you've kind of laid them out where news and fact and opinion kind of mold together and you have pundits reacting to something and it becomes quote-unquote reporting, but it's not the, you know, what I think of is, is classical reporting and journalism. Um, they really need viewers. And just like when any of us go through our feeds and see a headline like what's going to grab us everything seems to be breaking news which i would argue is impossible not everything can be breaking news but there's a model and that is the way that ultimately these are places that are trying to make money it's not mm-hmm. it's not the bbc and i'm sure the bbc for all i know makes money too but there's these aren't state sanctioned um media outlets and for better and also, as you described, Sean, for for worse. That's a very good point. Um, and, and I'm not here to say that, you know, I'm not here to say that there's no place for punditry. Um, I'm not, you know, while there are some pundits who whose livelihood I would probably like to see uh, destroyed, mm-hmm. um, you know, the profession is itself is fine i mean i think there i I think there is some value in people who have some experience in i mean especially for something like politics in having people who have been closer to it than i've ever been um maybe not reacting to news but in, in in having those people in a position where they can uh, they can speak to some of these things, but you know, uh, this is where I got to the the point that I made when we were talking, which is that I think that TV is maybe a flawed medium for the news, and, and, and I think I think I'm standing by that point because you've you hit the nail on the head tvs need viewers yeah because at their core you know tv is an entertainment medium well okay that's fine but if we go back to clickbait is an internet thing the apple news is is are these feed style platforms are internet based and the internet is a wonderful thing except for it's a terrible thing and so I and you, Sean, as well, definitely better than any of us know, 
they also make money off of clicks and and sure. the advertising borders on all of those. So, you know, those headlines that end up being I know the BBC BBC actually does this cuz I use the app with some frequency is they'll have the reporting reporting and then they'll have a section and it says opinion like kind of response like that and then it mm-hmm. goes back into the story it's kind of like a jump so it, you get that like a response but they very much call it out one thing that yeah. I think of and I know that because you both use this and I don't really don't and I'll kind of see the floor to you Max for this but in some ways I don't know how you know the the news channels the 24 hour news channels I kind of think how different are they than when someone on Facebook posts an article and then has their response to the article right below it's like everyone's a pundit um, what were you going to say Max though yeah well it's interesting you pointed out the whole thing with the BBC you know putting their articles into context mm-hmm. interesting to note that the Apple News app essentially just takes articles from I'll put it in quotes news sources all around wherever yep. but they take them out of context so they could show up with a BBC yep. article that's an opinion article, but Apple News won't tell me it's an opinion article. Ooh, yeah. So you're saying that is a good thing from BBC, but as soon as someone takes an article and spins it or puts it onto their f- social media feed, you're right, they're a pundit, but they're also just taking it totally out of whatever context and, and I know legitimate because, journalists put it into. Yeah, and I know it because I've, I've looked at it and like noticed that. I'm like, wow, the, the tone really changed. Oh, well, that's why, because they called it out. They said, this is the opinion section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that that is, you know, it's another thing, you know, having an opinion section, you know, there, there is no, there's no problem with an outlet doing both, you know, new sort of hard news reporting and editorial opinion. I subscribe to the New York Times opinion newsletter. Every day I get an email with links to, uh, you know, all of the op-ed content that's new on the Times website. But it's very clearly, you know, it's clearly labeled. It's clearly in a different section of the website from everything else. Um, And I think that's really valuable. And the internet is this, you know, interesting frontier where, you know, anyone can start a website. We started a website. Uh, prettyokpod.com um, and you know for for what I do when I'm not recording this podcast um, stare blankly into do, the middle distance as I read Hamilton Nolan articles uh, no. that's what you do when that's we're not recording this podcast I play the waiting game um, what, I, what I do is I do uh, online advertising and a thing that so a thing that's happened a lot lately is that companies that advertise you know advertise on the internet and particularly on YouTube have come uh, to a situation where they are finding their uh, their advertisements placed against um, really sort of the the most awful content on YouTube. Um, because most of the ad buying that happens now is not uh, me going and saying I would like this many ads to show on the front page of ESPN.com today, please. Here's a bunch of money. It's buying sort of blindly in these 
web auctions. And as a result, uh, the advertising industry has done a lot of sort of uh, blacklisting of, of where, you know, they've worked on sort of implementing controls to prevent your, you know, your, your client's ads from showing against objectionable content. Yeah. And one of the things that's involved in that is uh, you can provide an ad network a list of websites and say, I don't want to run here ever. And my company put together sort of a master, like a master list of sites to avoid. And I was scrolling through it, and I was stunned by how many of those URLs were things like abcnews.com.co, nbcnews.co, um, things that are, are very clearly being represented not just as reputable news sources but really sort of being passed off as some of the most actually reputable outlets that exist uh so so there's so there's so much opportunity to willfully mislead people uh and and that's that's part of where i see this you know this going bad so um, is that there are people that are out there because they need to generate clicks to get people's eyeballs on their site to get people viewing ads so they can make ad revenue to keep their sites running and they've decided that the best way to do that is to rip off NBC News so i so what I think about, you know, you, you willfully misleading. Um, you also mentioned the term earlier, yellow journalism. Um, in the context of yellow journalism, that was to sell papers, but also there was often an agenda being pushed by the yep. publisher or whomever. So I think that maybe one thing, and maybe this is why I'm slightly optimistic, or at least I ask, like, who is to blame? Is it is it the is it the players or is it the game? Um, I don't know that, you know, these websites, these feed-styled news things, are they willfully misleading or are they just pretty well focused on the fact that I need clicks to stay in business so I can get the right numbers, so I can get more money, so I can get more ad revenue, so I can be bigger and better and have more pundits? Um, I And this is where I'm inherently more cynical than you because I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. I think that the willful misleading is the chosen method of ensuring that they keep the lights on. So I, I think that what the way I will respond is that, you know, a lot of these places double down, triple down, whatever, given that they know that, that they're, so their pundits or whomever is on the way that they share news will have some kind of lean. Uh, will have some kind of, or maybe it's not a lean, maybe it's a completely tipped over fall away jumper. Uh, they are responding to what their readers and viewers like, I would say. And so that, that push and pull, I see what you're saying and that they are, you, you think that they're willfully misleading, 
but like is is the tail wagging the dog or is the dog wagging the tail sometimes i don't know and if that's the news that their viewers and readers want it's hard for me to even even if i disagree with it even if i don't want to go to those sources that is another perspective that me as someone who and and as you know you pointed out max maybe not everyone is is as observant that's fine i can at least to myself or you know in conversation with certain people respond to that perspective and think about it um now if this is that i yeah go ahead sorry that that like that i think that's a reasonable perspective to take except that it, it leads to things like the new york times i think it was the new york times or was the washington post um hired a a, like a known climate change denier as a columnist uh as the new york times um and the the sort of their response uh was that well this is it's a voice that a lot of people agree with, so that means we have to represent it. And one, I don't necessarily agree with that. But two, you know, to to go back to your question of are are they doing this because it's what their viewers want? I think that's not the end question because then if it is, we have to wonder then why is it what they want? And I would argue that in large part that has something to do with the fact that that's something that's been made available to them by your, uh, we'll call them your partisan media. Sure. Um, so I, I do, I really do think uh, this is, and this is uh, kind of the central point of the argument that I was making when we talked about this before. It is that even if it's even if it's these outlets are are filling what they see as a consumer desire, uh, they they have some sort of you know they have people who are essentially doing marketing to to determine um uh, you know they are doing marketing to determine what they want to say in a way that you know your everyday people are not so there there's sort of an asymmetry of information going on there where still at, at the end of the day the the media outlets are always playing with a more full deck of cards than their viewers, readers, listeners are. So that's, I you know I, I, I grant you your your points and I think you make them them well and and I understand your your cynicism and what's going on, but and I would say especially with the the, the climate science aspect uh, and and the, the global warming aspect. That's something that, and I think we're in a new time in the way that arguing over having different perspectives on facts versus having different perspectives on approaches to a problem or what do we do about healthcare, something like that. To to argue over facts mm-hmm. is is slightly different, but 
with your cynicism with this, and I think it's well-founded, um, Facebook apparently has, has developed a way to spot news that is maybe done in nefarious ways or presented in nefarious ways. Is that is that really a solution? Because the way I read it, a lot of this has to do with just the economies of this stuff, and I'm not sure that that alone is, is enough to rectify the situation if we say that it's broken which i'm not necessarily saying well that's that's fair i have a problem with that for a a different reason which is that i don't necessarily think facebook should be the arbiter of what is or isn't um a certain term that we are not going to say on this episode Mm -hmm. um i'm glad we were on the same page i was thinking like are we gonna are we gonna say it Uh, but it seems we're, we're we're in a good place there um i don't I don't want Facebook to be the arbiter of that. Um, And, you know, but to a certain extent, I'm a little hypocritical there because I kind of want someone to be the arbiter of it because I think that people, I think that the, the populace, hasn't done a great job of being the arbiter of that. And that's why we're here, you know, because people people are susceptible to th- this. I, I, I've, I've suggested that what news outlets that willfully blur the lines between news and editorial are doing is taking advantage of people. And I think that you had argued that that's happening because people are susceptible of being taken advantage of. Yeah. And I, I, I would counter that by saying that just because someone is susceptible to being taken advantage of doesn't mean it's okay to take advantage of them. So I think as I think about this, like I, I do like, I want, I want someone to be, the arbiter. I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm going to be very hypocritical as I don't know that I necessarily want someone to be the arbiter for me. But I also know that, you know, my sort of news consumption habits are probably more, uh, I won't necessarily say more well-rounded, but more sort of broader than you know, than a lot of people. And, you know, I, I'd like to think that I can, you know, be intellectually curious enough to, to sort of learn for myself what is and isn't a quality source of information. Um, but I also, at the same time, I do think it would be helpful, uh, for that to exist where somebody says, Hey, you know, this is not this is not really quality uh, this is not quality journalism that's being presented as fact Um, but I also don't I don't want Facebook to be who makes that call I think that something that I guess the the practice I can think of that helps is, is just this you know innate curiosity for people and if you're curious mm-hmm. and you ask questions like why, and you say, oh, you know, there's a link to another article, or I wonder about this aspect. And there's yeah. a, if there's a curiosity in news becomes something you engage with, 
um, as opposed to, and this is a word that, you know, we kind of bumped around before, which is, you know, lazy. I mean, sitting down for the nightly news, it's 30 minutes, you just got 30 minutes and you sit there, and well, it's actually 23 minutes and then seven minutes of commercials in some degree about the way your penis works, um, be it, you know, actually <laughs> urinating or for sexual purposes. Um, but you sit through that and it's easy. And there's there's this there's almost like this social contract that they're going to give you something that is valuable and worthwhile and good reporting, and mm-hmm. that's not necessarily how it works anymore. And the feed style, and I think feed is such a perfect word, you just consume it, and it's quick, and it's like, and some too often it's like eating junk food. It's there. There's there's constantly yeah. more. You just keep reaching to the bag, and there are more and more chips. And it's lazy, and I understand that. That's easy, and like it should be that easy to get good news. But um, you know, there's something to be said about curiosity. And I mean, I went to public school. Curiosity is not always the thing that's valued, and that's not to say anything right. about learning how to get the best out of your news. But curiosity is such a powerful thing, no matter what you do. And that's why that's why I'm totally cool with news that I don't agree with. Because I'm curious what the other side thinks and maybe where we disagree. And I think that, you know, not that I'm any better for for my views or someone else's views, but I'd like to think that I'm better for at least trying to understand another perspective and being curious about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, you know, this was a point that you brought up the first time we talked about this, and and I think I was – very quick in the moment to push back and say, well, that's fine, but, you know, that doesn't solve the problem of, you know, uh, the 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 media outlets doing what they're doing. And I think that that's still the case, but, you know, I, I do agree that, you know, uh, an e- I won't say an easy antidote, but an, an antidote to this for sure is people being intellectually curious people questioning you know what they see and and, you know if something doesn't pass a smell test going and doing some more digging to see if you can if you can confirm it somewhere else um you know but i would i would go back to what you said about news that you don't agree with and that comes again back to the for me the distinction between news and opinion and news I think is not supposed to be something that is agreed with or disagreed with Congress passed a healthcare bill is news the healthcare bill that Congress passed was an absolute fucking disaster that's opinion so I, I think I do think there's absolutely value in seeking out opposing voices. I just I, I think that another antidote is is to make sure that we have <coughs> sorry, to make sure that we have some sort of way to clearly delineate between what is news and what is not intended to be news. And I realize that that's an approach that probably benefits the consumer more than it benefits the outlet because it makes it easy for you know it makes it easy for you to say oh 
this is, you know, this is opinion. It, it makes it easy for someone who's not intellectually curious to say, oh, this is an opinion piece from someone I know that I'm not going to agree with. Uh, never mind, I'm not going to read it. Um, but I do think that overall it's a net positive if people are more are more willing to engage with opinions outside of their own, but also if they're better informed about what is and isn't opinion. Max? I was just going to say, I don't know that the, the news is as uh, entertaining as the opinion stuff. Absolutely not. It's not. <laughs> so, no. it's all about that bottom line. I don't... I don't really have anything else to say. Well, on the and matter. that's why, and that's another reason. Well, yeah, well, we can wrap this up, but it's another reason why I suggested that I think that entertainment media like TV are maybe not the best place for the news because you have, you know, you have places like the Washington Post and the New York Times, and even you know. It, for all for all of their ideological bents, the Wall Street Journal that are, you know, they are journalistic outlets first because that carries, I, I think, a set of ethical standards and responsibilities that is easy to uphold um, when when you're you're you know the new york times is still a business and they have to make their money to keep running but they're making their money to keep supporting the high quality journalism that's being done at the new york times yeah. nbc yeah. doesn't have to keep making money to support you know nbc news it's got to make money to keep supporting the you know it's entertainment programming and so that that's where i think the distinction is and and i think that you know i I guess i wouldn't be opposed personally to the news shifting back to some of those outlets where their primary focus is the news well uh, you know uh, let's we'll clutch our pearls and and hope for the good old days but i I don't know that they're coming no, through let's, that. No, fuck that. Let's hope for a new day where people are intellectually curious all the time. Stay let's curious. A, let's, Stay curious. Let's, I'll, I'll step down off my cynical soapbox and, and be optimistic and hopeful. I mean, instead. be careful because you're pretty high up there. It's a it, couple it's steps. A tall, <laughs> it's a tall box. I'm aware. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but if you would like to tell us about your relationship with the news um, – if you agree with us, uh, why you disagree with us, come find us on Facebook and Twitter at Pretty OK Pod and let us know what you think. In the meantime, it is time once again for Pierce is Sorry. And what oh. is on the apology docket this week? Oh, man. I think that this week that there's you're going to see that there's a bit of a theme for the, uh, the latter portion of the show. So I was... And kind of doing some research, as as I've explained, and really is what happens. I'll just I'll have flashes come to me of of things that that I did that were not so great. Um, and I remember about 
five five years ago. And I, I say this in part because, you know, we're entering a, a new season. It's like 85 degrees in D.C. today. Max is dying. Um, and, uh, you know, you want, you want a nice beverage, a crisp, refreshing beverage, something cool. Um, and I remember about five years ago, there was a certain type of beverage that I, w- I had for, I believe, the first time. And uh, it happened to be a wine. And wine, as, as you know, is, is really a foreign thing. You know, we make a lot of wine, and we, uh, you know, me out there, you know, toiling away in the fields to make wine. Wine is made in America. But a lot of the origins are, are French in nature or Spanish or Italian. But um, there is a type of wine. There is a color of wine, kind of like the color of Max's shirt. Um, it is a <laughs> pinkish color, a, a pinkish reddish color. And I remember discussing this with, with someone and about getting it. And, um, you know, words, words matter, you know, just like the news, the words matter. And, uh, is that I'm just part... really pale red wine? Well, so I happened to call the, the wine in question, and this is what I'm apologizing for this week. Oh, no. Rose wine. Yeah, you no, did. No, no. There's an accent a goo on that E. It is rosé. <laughs> And this is kind of a dual apology because Rick Ross at that time, five years ago, was still, I mean, he still is now, but very, very popular. And I remember thinking in my head, I know he talks about it, Rick Ross, as Ricky Rosé. I was like, mm-hmm. there's no way. It's, I'm not going to pronounce Rosé because that is going to be in my mind. This very large <laughs> bearded man with sunglasses. And I won't say it that way. Lo and behold, it was the right way and words yep. matter. And I'm sorry for pronouncing it rose because it was rosé uh but it is it is a delightful <laughs> beverage and it is totally the time of year i bought two bottles yesterday actually um so I'm stoked well hot dog hot diggity um, a, a thing you do not want to eat with rosé i um, well <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i mean I, I that that's my opinion but that may not well be do yours. you have do we have a big idea that might argue differently is what I was getting I, at. <laughs> well, it, it, as much as I have lobbied to scrap this segment and replace it with the Vince Staples video of the week. I under, This uh, isn't wrong. We, we, Maybe, can, we can explore that in the future. We have a website, um, prettyokpod.com, where you could post a Vince Staples video of the week. Just I could do that. I yeah. could do that. Duly noted. I will uh, or put it in the show my, notes. My record with getting stuff posted in a timely manner over the last couple of weeks has been pretty rough. Yeah, so, it's like the Blue uh, Jays right now. Let's maybe not get too optimistic about that. Um, but yes, you you came with something this week, um, and and as you mentioned going into your apology, there there's a bit of a pattern this week. Yes. Um, so one thing that we love on this show is forgotten vessels for alcohol. We're really big on that. I saw something yesterday. The wine Two store in called, particular called a Nebuchadnezzar, I believe. It what is. What the hell is that? That is twelve. That's a twelve-liter bottle of wine. That's fifteen bottles of wine. Um, anyways, so this week, and it's it's popping up all over the place, and I'm pretty sure they're all sold out now. But um, I, is the company called Forty Ounce Wines? But uh, we'll link it in here. But uh, they're putting rosé in forty ounce bottles. And it's a beautiful label. It looks like a 40, except it has rosé in it. It is fascinating. It's been a topic of conversation for me and some of my friends all week. Um, and, uh, yeah, so instead of 
750 mils, that's a bit over a liter of, you know, wine. Um, now, the problem is, Sean, if you get a 40, are you sharing that with people? Absolutely goddamn not. Yeah, well, the thing is about a 40 is, in our research, our, our crack team, you know, as we've discussed before, usually malt liquor is like 6% alcohol. I'd say somewhere sure. between 5 and 6.5. 5 to, I'd call it like 5 to 8, but yeah, that's fine. Okay, well, rosé, like wine generally, is in the 12 to 14 range. So, the, as opposed to, I don't know, three 12-ounce beers, three and a three and a third 12-ounce beers, we're talking about, that's a lot of units of alcohol. I, I don't do math. That's not my job here. But, um, yeah, I don't, I mean, the, the bottle looks great. I think it'll be at a lot of picnics this summer. But oh man, I don't know if that's if that's the turn I wanted forties to take. <laughs> I I'm I'm intrigued. I, I wish we we would, you know, I wish we could get a hold of it. Um, I'm not buying the Muscadet or have however you say it. I'm not. I'm not no, nor that. nor should you. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you uh, if you managed to get your hands on a forty of uh of rosé please uh you know if you can uh invite us over to share it with you yeah and tell us how uh, brunch was because you are probably a brunch goer <laughs> and, and if not uh come and find us on facebook or twitter at pretty okay pod and tell us about it yeah that is the end of the show as i said before you can find us on facebook and twitter at pretty okay pod you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you do so, please give us a rating, leave some comments, uh, share it with a friend. Um, you can also get individual episodes and some really great writing on our website, prettyokpod.com. Uh, Pierce posted a scorching hot milk take, uh, which is... A, a strange sequence of words, I know. Uh, oh, is that is that on the internet now? It's on the internet now. Man, he there's has some, very there's strong some opinions. News. There's very some news. strong opinions about dairy beverages. About a word I cannot say. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's what we have going on in the world right now. Uh, if you have ideas for a future show topic, um, I- including stuff that you'd like to come on and talk with us about. Drop us a line at it's pretty okay at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah. We'll be back yeah, again yeah. next week to talk about something else. Until then, John. I'm Pierce. Thanks for listening.